0: for success level up the truth
1: meaning, all right welcome tonight we have cam f awesome as our guest hi matt how are you i'm great how are you good cam how are you doing sir
2: Yeah, Cam, it's uh, good to have you on here. I mean, we've like like I was just saying previous to hitting the record button here, we've been talking about having you on for quite, you know, since we perceived the idea here. So we appreciate your time. And I know we had a, a, about an hour and 15 minutes of chatting already. Um, but that, that speaks volumes. So that, that you know, that was uh, a lot of fun. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun now. But definitely good to meet you. And, and like I said earlier, I, I had Paul Folly on Twitter ages ago, so um, and I'm not sure even how I came across you, but but you've been uh, you've been on our mind for a while, so thanks again.
0: Awesome. And thank you for the internet for meeting complete strangers all the time because yeah. It, yeah
1: it's super, amazing it, It's super powerful because you know it's funny my high school seniors get freaked out when I say, Oh, my Twitter friend or' the guy I met on LinkedIn or like of all the things they probably do without me knowing, you know, Yeah. The, the fact that I meet another, uh, fine outstanding human being and we hit it off through technology. Like I'm the weird one all of a sudden.
0: Oh, so like I, I used to be a big user of Craigslist back in the day, like doing odd labor, like as a boxer, you got to make money where you can. So someone needs a moving gig or what I've been doing recently. I, I've been posting on this on Twitter. I just find, like people give, people pay for convenience and people get a new dinner table and they don't know how to get rid of their old one. So they give it away for free on Facebook market. So I pick it up for free in a van. I take it out my van, I bring it inside my house. I put a table runner, I put some flowers, a nice backdrop. And then I sell it for an average of $350. And sometimes the same day I pick up the table, I sell it. Now, I used to do this on Craigslist. And everyone's like you're so crazy man do you know that the, the craigslist killer i was like the craigslist killer also has a facebook account and is on facebook market too so
2: <laughs> craigslist killer i it's funny you that that concept cam which um i think G- gary v talked uh, would speak about that uh paul is not in your head i was looking for yeah. i thought so as well and, and like you, hey look we all value things right and, and and one of the things that we value most is convenience and basically our time right camp so hey if you're gonna get take my table for me great but now you've got an asset you can turn and flip and, and turn into something of, of value on your end and uh, that's an entrepreneurial spirit that that lives in me for sure and I love hearing I, I love hearing stories like that because' it's, 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 it's how not everyone's Mark Zuckerberg, or Bill Gates, excuse me. Some of us are just out grinding, right?
0: Yeah, Matt, I was the, I've been suspended. And I wish my parents would have handled it differently because I shouldn't have been suspended. I should have been defended. So I lived a, a, a great way away from school, like a couple miles and that's a lot for a walk every day. But I would skip the bus so I can go to the bodega, the corner store and buy the 50 cent king size Snickers and then sell them for a dollar at school. I would sell, like, but I was undercutting the, because the basketball team was selling these, I don't know if they sell them the McDonald's off-brand chocolates for a dollar. Do you want that or do you want a king size Snicker? I was making a killing. I was making you were a were learning killing. a lot
2: about regulations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was learning about red tape and education. <laughs>
1: uh that's that's awesome so cam uh you are currently a professional speaker and diversity consultant i've had you in with my classroom and and our, my students love you uh why isn't there more of that like you're you're one of the world leaders in this category like yeah, what do you do what do you do that's so special
0: i i'm willing to have the conversation like that is all that is uh like i i, I started speaking to- so 79% of educators are white females. But the problem is seven, like, they're, not all students are white females. So it's hard to connect to, Paul, I don't know if your parents talked about being white all the time, did they? No. My parents didn't talk about being black all the time. So much so that I got to school and they convinced me that I was African-American because we don't even talk about this type of stuff. My mom's born in England, my dad's from Trinidad. No one I even know has ever been to Africa like in my family. So like just things about culture we never talk about. And I got into schools and I'm leading professional development workshops with educators and anytime race comes up, everyone gets so squeamish and, and they much rather say nothing than to say the wrong thing, which is actually worse and when you think about it, and I realized Adults are so awkward around this because no one spoke to them about it when they were kids.
1: That's so true.
2: Hey, hey, Cam, I got a couple of questions. Uh, one relating to that, but the first one is, tell your name, Tam F. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That What's the story behind that? And I did, purposely didn't ask you before because I wanted oh. to ask you on camera here.
0: Uh, I was born uh, Lenroy Cameron, Thompson jr. Uh, and that lasted way too long and then in 2012 I uh, 2003 2012 I got kicked off the Olympic team was super depressed gained a bunch of weight was really sad did a bunch of things I don't endorse and uh, to get out of that funk uh, I actually lost a bet and had to do the I didn't also entail some So that's what kind of got me back focused and I lost a bunch of weight. I decided I didn't wanna be that negative person I was. And uh, because I'm a bit dramatic and a little flamboyant in my ways, if you may, uh, I decided I was gonna change things about myself because people get stuck doing what they do because they know how to do it. And that's why anytime you find someone who's good at something and doesn't pursue it, it upsets you because you're like, well, if I had that talent, I would have done that thing too. But that is my approach with boxing. I'm, I've won t- tons of, I'm very accomplished, but I've always done it for fun. And it's a part of my growth process. And I accidentally got good at it while I was growing. But now I'm moving on to something else. And people are like, why don't you make a professional career in boxing? You've won more nationals than anyone else in the history of this sport. You should do this. And I'm just like, but I don't like to do it. I only box because I like to travel and I was too poor to do it. So now that I can afford to
1: travel, I'm not gonna do cardio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that just doesn't make any sense. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Who would you, do you, that? Do
1: you
2: find
1: do you find it hard that that people still want to identify you as Cam the Boxer?
0: Uh no, I think it's let's let's be on. Like, so I talk about privilege with students. I talk about white privilege, and the, the way I describe it is. Some of us have privilege. I have had so many doors open up for me because of my athlete privilege. Right. There, there, there's no reason why I should be this far along and successful in speaking at, at, with my experience level. Well, actually probably could because I have spoken more than anyone else. I take that one back. But perfect example, Jake Paul and Logan Paul doing that bo- They're boxing, right? Yep. Everyone's mad at them. Everyone hates them. Why? Why? Are they hurting anyone? No, they're not that good of boxers to do that. <laughs> like, like <laughs> people are like, but the purity of the sport, they're taking our sport as a mockery. Wrong. There's no purity in boxing. Boxing is one of the most dirty, disgusting, ruthless, contractual games there are, there is out there. So these two dudes took their platform that they had, that they earned, that they worked for, and now they entered the boxing world with their own fan base because... And in, in the social media world, data is currency, right? In the boxing world, tickets, audience, that's the currency. So they showed up with their own currency and they get to make their own rules. So they're not taking any anyone else's fans. The people that are buying, it's not that they're not even boxing fans. Right, Why is right. anyone mad at Jake or Logan Paul? When I see someone doing something, I respect it. And then I say, how can I use that for what I'm doing? Because the same way they leverage their fans to go into another career, and people are mad at them because they don't. Do. So I think my athletic accomplishments equate to an, a bachelor's degree. Matt, hear me out. I'm listening if, me, if Paul and I go for a job, right? and Paul has a, a bachelor's in marketing and you have a marketing firm, I'm going to call you and say, hey, I don't care if you're hiring, Matt. I would like to work for you. But you said, I, I don't care if you're hiring. Uh, I just want to come in and donate uh, and volunteer 20 hours a week for uh, for the next six months. And regardless, just write me a letter of recommendation after. I'm sure in six months, someone's going to screw up. And guess who's going to be the the valiant worker who's always there on time. Now, that's one way to get in without mm-hmm. a degree. Another way is... I'm just sending my resume of what I've won. Paul, you you've got a 3.8 in your your community college or whatever, and I have a bachelor and I have all my Olympic titles. When a, when someone's choosing people for a job, if it's not like a doctor or whatever job,
2: yep, I get
0: a lot more leeway than the normal person. That's a part of my privilege.
2: Sure, you get a lot of you gotta. I'm sure you get a lot of looks because of because of your background, because of the boxing, because of success, well, why shouldn't you? And, yeah. and I, can, I, can, I can only imagine the number of situations you've been in, scenarios you've been in that no one with a college degree has been in because of the college degree that, yeah. that you've had and, and the experience of what that's taught you and, and all the benefits from that. So there, there's, there's no question, again, if you're gonna go perform heart surgery I'd prefer that you had that degree, but if, if, if you're going to, if you're going to market for me or, you know, you're going to represent my, my business, or you're going to, you're going to, you're going to talk to our, our vendors or, or our employees or whatever it is, you've got a lot to offer. So there's no, there's no question about that. And that goes back to what you were saying a little bit. You've mentioned it kind of a couple times with, with privilege. And this has kind of been my belief. I don't love the word privilege because, it, I always think, and, and this is me, I always think like, well, it makes it sound like it's it's something that someone necessarily doesn't – it depends on what it – like you said, your boxing. That's a – your athletic abilities, right? That's an amazing privilege. And there's privilege that we all have them to some degree, right? Is that, is that how you look at it?
0: Yeah. We okay. all have privileges and benefits to some degree. Uh, the, the thing about white privilege that makes it so, ah, oh, everyone's oh. – it's like if someone says you have white privilege, you're like, but I worked hard. I'm like, no, 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 you did work hard. Just like I worked hard for my my athletic stuff that got me into doors. Uh, it's just that for for one, reason why there's a Black History Month, well, everything else in America by default is white. It's it's a predominantly white. So if there's a channel, it's gonna be a white channel. If they're gonna report. prime and then that changes uh but the idea of like going and like here's here's a perfect example matt you and i go into to paul's business and i go in there as as an athlete i'm showing up with my athlete privilege but you show up as you you guys went to the same fraternity now there's nothing i could do to compete with that one sure so there's certain ends and being white is also a fraternity just like Being black, it's weird, but if me, if I see another black dude and there's like 30 white people in a room, we give each other a look, we don't do it. It's like an invisible head nod, just like, hey, I see you, because I acknowledge you. And it's something that we do to connect with each other because I'm in a lot of spaces, and especially in the professional world, where I'm the only black guy in the room a lot of times. And also, I don't know all of the answers. (laughs) And
2: I like, (laughs) I speak on it. Which which takes me back to the question I wanted to ask you before before I before I asked you about your name. You'd mentioned that this these are some of these th- this topic in particular. You'd mentioned is you have the you're willing to have the conversation. I think is the word the term you use or the words you use. What made you willing to have that conversation? A conversation that, as you pointed out, everyone just tighten you know so so many people i shouldn't say everyone but so many people just tighten up on it what what made you go i'm having these conversations uh i had
0: uh have you ever read freakonomics
2: yeah oh yeah yeah
0: okay there's a chapter chapter six in freakonomics talks about uh so i had a friend we're talking on the phone about the whole george floyd murder and he's we're talking about systemic racism and uh Job applicants are, are two hundred white applicants are 200% more likely to receive a call back and things of that sort. And he yep. says, well, why don't, this This is the question that, that got me into this. He said, well, why don't black people just name their kids white people names? And I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know why. Like I felt <laughs> that was wrong. And I was like, I, I was, and it, we got, I, it bothered me when he asked the question, not because he asked it, it was because I didn't have an answer for it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I decided to go educate myself. So I started reading books. I have a lot of free time and I just, I'm, I'm reading now and uh, the Olympics isn't happening. So I'm like stuck in my van, I'm just reading. And he, and, and then eventually, uh, it, it, he, he, I spoke to him again and he, was saying, he said, well, it's in a book for economics. I just, uh, no, I took it back already, but I just got the book for economics last week. And just to read that one paragraph. Okay. And, the, and I didn't read the whole book. So excuse me if I'm wrong. But what he did was uh, he basically manipulated the data to say, first he had the premise of you're lazy. He, he did that with the premise of bottom line That was the bottom line of that chapter. And he said, if uh, if you have a black name, you're more likely to be lazy and and poor, and your name doesn't justify. Because because his argument is, if you were to name a white kid uh, uh, a poor black name, he would still get further ahead. But I'm like, well, that's because they can see that he's not black when he shows up to the interview. But you know, you can pick and choose evidence out of a book to kind of manipulate. But That question uh, made me got the wheels turning. Yeah, and wasn't even. I was mad at the question because I couldn't answer it. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And and you must have sensed that. Well, there's and and don't let me put words in your mouth, but you must have sensed that. Well, if I don't know this answer, and and that question bothered bothered me, there's 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 more to it than than just this moment, right? Even deeper than that.
0: This was after George Floyd got murdered. I was in Portland, Oregon at the time. And people are taking the streets to march. And I don't feel like I should be marching if I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to educate myself. And of course, like I'm not, uh, I know my temperament. So I think everyone should do their advocacy in different ways. Uh, I've been vegan for eight, nine years or something. I've never been to a vegan march or vegan protest because I am not that guy. Uh, know your surroundings and know where you work best at and how you can advocate for your cause. And my way was to educate other people. Uh, So I started doing it with educators and I realized they're not like, it's so, are you guys familiar with, Paul is now uh, or probably before, but uh, familiar with the the practice of redlining?
2: I'm not an expert on it, but I certainly know what it means, yes. Okay.
0: okay, so there are, and then not to shame anyone, but I've spoken at schools where educators has they have never even heard of this concept. And so many things, so everyone talks about the I had a dream Martin Luther King speech. What was he talking about? He was talking about fair housing. He was talking about redlining. It was literally what he was talking about. Everyone's like, I had a dream. Yeah, little black boys, little black girls can hold hands with little white boys and little white girls. What he was talking about was the Fair Housing Act of 1968, which allowed everyone to integrate with each other. But if you're not an educator... You can't talk about the present if you don't know anything about the history. And especially at as a 79% of educators are white females and colleges aren't adequately preparing educators to teach in urban environments. Like who's gonna teach these kids?
2: Yeah, that that's that you know this this kind of concept of our show, Paul, right, is built on what we call the four pillars, which are truth meaning trade-offs and perspective. And you perspective the four And, and what happened and and how am I supposed to understand where we are and where we're going if I don't have any perspective about the I have a dream speech and redlining and, you know, depending whatever topic we're talking about, I got to know something there, right? If I don't have any historical perspective, everything seems good or everything yeah. seems bad or what, whatever yeah. it might be. You need that perspective in and in the education field, which, which you know, Paul's obviously much more of an expert not, than I am, and, and so are you. Um, sometimes I wonder how much continuing education on perspective takes place.
0: Uh, we can talk about that with professional development for educators. And I was going to
2: say, and I think that's where you come in in a lot of ways.
0: Uh, but then a lot of schools are, they, they bring me in to speak to their students. They love it. They love it. And then I talk to them about the educators, and they're like, oh, we have them do an online questionnaire to, to do their diversity training. Mm-hmm. It's it's co- course certified or something. I'm like, you're giving them electronic scantrons basically and letting them run through answers. It's like, so it's, I feel like it's a cop-out, but again, I'm not interested in changing adults. I'm interested in changing the future and that's gonna happen through the youth. So if they're not, if, if the adults aren't interested in, in this, I'm more than interested in telling the kids and kids will go back and tell their parents and their kids that those kids will have kids and then the future will
1: might be a little bit better. So, so guys, uh all this is so good. I gotta go back real quick to the freakonomics books because that's one of the textbooks I use in my class. My students read that book. And every week when we have the quizzes, I do oral quizzes with the kids, they have to write their answer down. And there's just so many different directions. Those guys are deep thinkers and they explain it in such layman terms. And it's good stuff. And when you get to that chapter, there's some other chapters that are, there are things that you might feel uncomfortable with, about an educator talking about with kids. The important part is to just have the conversation right? Uh, You know, I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I'm just trying to open their minds. And you can't open their mind if I just push down their throat what I'm talking to them about. That's a lecture that that preaches passive obedience, basically. Uh, I try to- Students
0: are used to instant gratification and interaction because they've had iPads in their hands since they're four years old. They don't want to listen to you lecture.
1: No. And especially (laughs) stuff that- a, they don't have any perspective of, to go back to what Matt was saying, they have nothing to compare it with. So really, uh, an educator's real job, in my opinion, isn't all the notes and overheads and lectures. It's, it's to get them to open their mind and think and debate and, and be responsible about it, maybe argue about it. Uh, I use words like prejudice and stereotype and discrimination because it happens in all aspects of life. And it's, it's human nature, but it's okay to talk about that stuff. And a lot of teachers do not want to.
2: How's your day going? <laughs> Paul, Paul's been blaming us every time, but, but
1: yeah.
2: Paul, you froze it. You froze it the last minute, so we're making fun of you. Oh,
1: yeah. man. And, and <laughs> you know what? I was reading off a script, so I don't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I'll go back a little bit. I had a professor. I, I took a course in grad school called Racism, Sexism, and Oppression. And I thought I could blow through the course until I found out the professor wrote the book. So I had to, and, and she had this triangle. I wish I could remember her name, but she said in order, like, there's nothing wrong technically. Well, there's, there's stuff wrong with this stuff, but Discrimination by itself isn't the end of the world. Someone's stereotype isn't the end of the world, or someone's prejudice isn't the end of the world. Those are human nature, right? I'm going to see somebody and think those three things, or or maybe keep somebody from doing something. But when you combine all three of them together, that's when you get racism, and that's that's like when the trifecta happens. But but we just label everybody racist, or, you know. We don't even get into. I, I wanted you to talk real quick, Cam, about the the uh, intent versus impact.
0: Yeah, uh, first of all, you talk about racist, I think, okay, When I, I've run into a lot of people who, because who, everyone's so afraid of the word racist, like it's that bad. Well, I guess, obviously, it's not that bad, okay, because if it's that bad, let's just say America's that bad, because it was built off of slavery and genocide. So, like, we understand there's a history there, but t- speaking of right now, like, if i talk about racism no one wants no one can pinpoint racism oh well we can pinpoint racism they can't pinpoint a racist so you two gentlemen is there racism in america
2: yes
1: where so so i will say according to this class i took anytime somebody i know you're setting me up for something here, <laughs> uh, no
0: no no it's not it's not even a setup it's it's the fact that
2: there's racism all around, but
1: no one right. is racist. Right. No so one, nobody, no one
2: will say they're racist. So so oh, me, oh I, I got it. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Right. Well, it's like there's bad there's bad politicians, but my local politicians fine, right? It's it's yeah, the guy I'm waiting for is great. Uh, but but <laughs> it, it's when you combine prejudices, discrimination, and stereotypes all together, they combine to some sort of racist behavior. You could almost argue it could happen anywhere at any time to anyone, right?
0: Uh, Almost anyone. So the difference between prejudice and racism is prejudice is racism without power. So I can be prejudiced to you, but if if you were to do the same thing to me, you have the power behind you. Uh, An example of power is Amy Cooper. The bird that do you guys remember the story? was uh, she, not she the bird watching park. Oh, so there's this bird watcher, and you gotta look, you gotta look at the video when you get a time. So it's bird watching. He's in the park. He asked this lady to put her dog on the leash because he's there with his binoculars and the dog that the birds, it's a bird watching park. So if you have you're supposed to have your dog on the leash, uh, she's so she says sh- whatever, and she's like, she's not going to listen to him because he's a black guy, or whatever. So he takes out his phone because he has some foresight, and he starts recording her. And she's like, he's like, I'm just asking you to put your dog on the leash. And she's about 20 yards away, and she's screaming, "I'm going to call the police and tell them there's an African American man harassing me." And he's like, "Ma'am, I'm just asking you to put your dog." Help! Hell, and She's calling the police and she's yelling for help. And he records the whole thing and posts it online she comes out with this whole apology, but the idea behind it is she has power. Cause when she said, there's an African-American man harassing me, she knows what those words mean. So the whole barbecue Becky of white women or Karens are or, uh, calling the police on black people. It's because the white woman know when the cops come, whose side they're gonna be on. Now we can say that's not true, but a lady literally said, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell him There's an African American man, and then she called the cops. And I'm doing it. The idea of Emmett Till. Emmett Till was m- m- murdered and beaten because he made a pass at uh, a lady, like 60 years ago.
2: Yep. Yeah, I'm familiar with de- it.
0: yep. On her deathbed, she said it. She lied. Right before she died, she said she lied. Now, I, the, I I read that before. Yep. So the idea of power is if you have prejudice with that power of you call the police you, society is on your side so the the best way to describe privilege is as a boxer if i'm the champion i have everything on my side so uh i fight at home because home court home field advantage if the fight is close the judges are going to be Don't on lean, my side lean your way and if a riot breaks out security is going to protect me before my opponent now if you take all of those things that's my privilege now if you say that the crowd is society which is predominantly white if the police officers security also white and the judges or the the employers who not even race is just implicit bias and unconscious bias where they would choose a white name over a black name also white so when you have all these factors like in your corner and on your side you may still have a tough life but it'll be a little tougher than me to get into the door if i wasn't an athlete
2: and with with your with your right it's and, and I, to me it's my favorite one because that's what drives people you know that's the the get up and go that's, that's the, the why it's why, right? And it's and it's you know I have a feeling if I asked you how many hours a week you worked, you would probably say I don't know. I just do. I just I just love what I do. I go. I, I you know some t- days are easier than others, but it's my why. It's why I'm. It's what I'm doing. But you have this accomplished athletic background, and you're kind of I don't know if giving if giving that up is is a right term or not, but I guess my point is your your why your meaning. Is in your speaking and in and, in and, and particularly with with the youth. Has that always been something you cared about? Is that new? I mean, what? Why does that give you the meaning? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Uh,
0: I know what. First of all, uh, I didn't know I was. I yeah, I didn't know I was for until like a couple years ago. So it's not even because of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I, when, I, when I started uh, boxing and I won nationals, uh, the, the guy who owned ringside, uh, he was Tommy Morrison's old coach. His name is John Brown. He invited me out to Kansas City to spar with his heavyweight. Uh, and I came out here and decided to just live out here. I came to spar. I stayed to live. Uh, and he said he will coach me for free, do all of it for free. The only thing I have to do is go to the high schools and middle schools take over the gym class for the entire day and do a, do a boxing presentation to try to get more kids involved in our free gym in the area. Uh, so this was something I was, I always thought it was cool. I didn't even know you can make money doing it. I did it the first three or four years for free. Like I reached out to schools like, Hey, want to come do, I call them GTOs, gym class, uh, GCOs, gym class takeovers. Right. And uh, I realized I if I could just talk for 45 minutes, I wouldn't have to bring all the boxing equipment in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it leaves sweaty, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was doing stand up comedy, and the most I've ever made doing comedy to this day is probably $50. Like they give you bar tabs, but the most you get is $50. And I realized the, the good comedy, the, I wasn't a good comedian because a, a good comedian can do clean jokes. I was there off of shock humor and presence alone. Uh, but I realized you could make money. Like I did a joke about speaking at a school or something. And after a guy approached me, Devin Henderson was like, Hey, you said you do comedy. Uh, uh, you said you do speaking. Well, uh, where at? And he said something about what he charged. Like, oh, you can't charge for that. He's like, yeah, you can. I was like, mm, sounds like a pyramid scheme, not interested. <laughs> and he gives me his business card. He's like, I'm a member of the National Speakers Association, it's a thing. And I signed up like the next week. And I was like, I didn't, I, I didn't know you. So I was like, I'm just going to, I love doing this. And I'm just going to continue doing this. And in 2012, when I got kicked off the Olympic team, I didn't have a backup plan. I dropped out of school. I didn't have any certifications. Any, any type, I didn't have a job. I was just a fat personal trainer, which is not a great business opportunity. <laughs> like, so uh, I realized when I got back to boxing, I always wanted to have a backup plan. So my plan B to me was more important than my plan A, which was boxing. So as I traveled the country for boxing, uh, on the weekends, I would perform at stand-up comedy clubs. And during the week, I would reach out to if I was in a training camp in Miami. I reach out to schools in Miami and book those gigs there. Uh, so I always wanted to improve my speaking, and I did that for the last uh, ten years, or since two thousand eight. I've been doing those, Two thousand nine. Geez, wow. that means I'm old.
1: <laughs> no, no, don't. Let, we're not going to go there. Trust me. Uh, so, Cam, uh, what I like is is there's a lot of meaning in. in what you're speaking at with the schools, and I've seen it firsthand, but but you've got a vision that's much more than just talking to a couple classrooms. I mean, th- th- you've got some plans.
0: Yeah, I I I. So if you can, and I've stopped tweeting this, but uh, I still feel this way. I uh, as as someone. I think college is not for most people. And I think it's a great business opportunity. And I think there's fraternities and sororities and all that to kind of reel people in and there's whole rivalries and and then you take your kid. I know people with debt up to their eyeballs, college debt, and they don't have money to pay their bills, but still they get these emails for colleges to give more. And they're like, I'm not gonna donate money to college. I still owe you money, ha ha ha, Facebook posts. And then spend money to go watch those same athletes who are going to school for free not make any money. You pay to go watch them play basketball. Like you're just funneling money into the system. It's a bad business opportunity. Like uh, for foremost, foremost, I will say for me and the students like me, uh, I am hungry. Like I was, I was cutting lawn, raking. If it snowed, if it snowed, I would walk to the bus stop, walk around the block, hop the fence, take the shovel, hop back over the fence, and then I shovel snow because I'm not going to school when there's money in the ground. (laughs) So if I have that business mindset, I don't want to take 16th century literature or something. Like I want to make money. Like I I wish there was like an avenue for students to make money. And I want want students to learn things that I believe is practical. So instead of bashing the education system on Twitter, which will somehow reflect negatively on educators, which I would never want to do that, what I'm doing is I'm deciding to make my own system.
1: I think it's great. I mean, we, we teach. You have to win this. No, that,
2: Paul, Paul uh, you froze again. So you're about mm. to say something profound, but you, you froze.
1: I'll wait a second. I'll wait till it's my turn again. No, no, go, go ahead. Um, it's your turn. No, I'm saying we, we teach this dream. You you have to listen to a lecture. You, you have to take a test. Uh, if you've memorized everything and you, you maybe can read and learn a few things, you're going to get good grades, but you know, we talked about privilege. I'm going to take that student that that's actually shoveled driveways and, and is, is burning to make money or has maybe had a side hustle as Twitter world likes to always say, I, I just say an income opportunity, you know, uh, they're, they're going to do better in the real world. Uh, and again, I I'm stereotyping across the board. They're going to do better, but, but the smart kids go away to school. They get the debt, they get the house, they get the car. And there's the trifecta of debt where there's better ways to go about it for some people.
0: Yeah. And another one, I, I think for me, uh, and I used to have very strong opinions and that Adam Grant book is letting me rethink all of them. So I'm less strong with my opinions, but I will say, uh, it's, there, there's so many other options. There's so many other options, but people, are, it, people are afraid to fail. Like my talk, my the, the discipline over motivation talk, you don't hear about anything I did good because it, it's literally, I, when I first started speaking, I thought people wanted to hear about my victories and me jumping in the ring and me winning and dominating. No, people don't care about winning because most people are losers. And I don't mean that by losing. I mean, most of the time we are losing. We're losing. Right, I I I I raise my hand. That's three seconds. Like, oh, I won. But what about all those times that sucked up to that point? Like, we we should start talking to students about, like, even the job. I have a dream job. I speak in my house. Like, I just went to the bathroom. I have a kitchen. I my dog comes in. This is amazing. <laughs> There's still parts of this job that sucks. Like, every industry is gonna suck. We don't talk to kids about this, so they're like. Oh, I'm 17. Let me make a decision with unforgivable debt that's going to cause the rest of my life, and maybe I'll switch majors a few times.
2: Cam, you, you, I talk about this all all the time with with students, and I prefer to talk to younger people as well because they don't they're not carrying all that baggage from from years, and and they don't have the walls up. You know, I try to talk to old, older people, friends, or whatever it might be about success and finance finances and some of those things. And everyone's got their walls up because they they don't want to feel like a failure. Kids, they don't have those walls up yet. But what I find is the same thing you do the the part that they, you connect with is, let me tell you how I lost everything I had at one point. You know, financially and and those those are some of the the things i like to talk about with people let me i don't want to talk about the car i drive or my house or my bank account i don't want to talk about the the successes it's boring right it's it's the the connection is i'm like you i've I've had my you're gonna fail life's hard not everything is roses not everything is you know you didn't you, you didn't you didn't see the journey the journey uh, all the all the times you got knocked down in the ring all the sit-ups you did all the miles you ran that's not glamorous right but that's how you got to where you're, you where you're going that's where the success came from and whatever your story is if you're successful in some degree and when you say i think most people are losers that connected with me for the same reason most people aren't losers we're not yeah, saying but that. i mean like we're the losing. underdogs in their own story, yeah. We're losing all the time. We're screwing up. We're making mistakes, you know. And, and you've got to know that, hey, look, Cam here, who's got a, the, the these amazing athletic accomplishments. The
0: biggest loser of them all.
2: Yeah, you know, and I would say, when I describe myself, I'm like, I've failed more than I think most people I know. And I'm going to continue to fail because that's where the growth is. That's where I find opportunity. That's where I, I, I enjoy success. You can't be afraid of that failure. And you got to keep telling these kids you that.
0: can't be afraid of the failure. But yeah. what we do is we set these kids up with security of college. And we don't allow them to fail and find out what they actually love and want to do.
2: Exactly. And Paul, you were right. Cam and I are, are, are two peas in a pot. I think the same way that, that word security, I can't stand it. I hate it because people are, are they're, 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 they want this security. First of all, I don't believe in it. And second of all, I don't think that's a mission you need to be on in life is find security. I want you to have meaning. I want you to strive for things. I want you to fail. And as you were talking earlier, the educational system, not the educators, because I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not interested in, 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 in critiquing them because I have so They're much respect. The yeah. They're part of this 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 broken system that at a time I'm sure had maybe some, it was maybe better um, than I think a lot of it is right now. So the educators I have a tremendous amount of respect for, but the system needs to be revamped in so many ways. And I want to hear about the failures and and, you know, you you and I, you and I have, let's say, different businesses. You and I are going to collaborate, and talk together, and see how we can both win together. You're not allowed to do that. In school. That's called cheating. It's cheating.
1: Working real is world. Cheating.
2: The real world. Before we 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 started recording, you and I are talking about things going on, and hey, what about this? And we're helping Sharing each other secrets. out. Exactly. These, these are all, but but, but I understand why in the educational system, we can't have everybody sharing the answers, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't like what we're teaching there. When
0: do, when do they learn the skill of networking? Because like the, the greatest thing about like growing up with less is first of all, this pandemic, ha ha. <laughs> this pandemic was a joke to me like of course not not about the debts or anything like of that course. But financially financially oh everyone had to be as broke as me i made $1000 a month for 10 years cuz when you're on the usa national boxing team you get $1000 a month for 10 years you can't work otherwise so when you think about 500 for your rent Two hundred for your car, one hundred for insurance, one hundred for your phone bill. Where are you going to get time to eat? And don't think about going on a date because that ain't happening. (laughs) I lived like that for a decade, and now you tell me everyone in America has to play on my playing field. You have to see what it's like to not know where your meals coming from. Ooh, I was comfortable. I bought uh, a
2: house during the pandemic. (laughs) That's that's there's perspective right
1: there. It sure is, and you you hit the nail on the head with being comfortable. We don't teach failure or we don't embrace it, and then when someone does fail, like, I love it. To me, failure is the acronym for first attempt in learning under real-world experience. And that's
2: a long one too. (laughs) Yeah,
1: don't make me say it again. But but so you learn from it and you move on. And you if you get comfortable failing, just like you got comfortable living off the thousand dollars a month, doesn't mean you like it. It doesn't mean you're not striving for something more, but you're learning from it and you get comfortable, and then it's not hard to be comfortable challenging yourself in other ways. But yeah we think of when you fail i mean that that's wrong you know i I,
0: I think another thing that people fail to realize is it like people cuz a lot of failure in my life and with boxing like 2008 like started boxing in 2006 2008 i qualified for the 2000, 2008 olympic trials to go to beijing i lost the first day. i continued boxing i won nationals in 2008 9 10 11 then 2012 Going to the London Olympics, didn't fill out paperwork, got suspended. Suspended for a year, nothing. I had to lose all my ranking points, all my sponsorships, all my money. Sponsors paid for my home in Los Angeles. They wouldn't even give me a flight back to get my stuff. They said they'll mail it to where I want to go. At this point, I didn't have a place to live, so I asked them to mail it to my friend's house. and I just slept on his couch until I can get my stuff together. Got back to boxing, regained my championship, changed my name, living this whole new personality, being a positive. Olympic, the Rio Olympics, yay, lost in international qualifications. Didn't get to go to Rio. So decided to build my speaking business, lived in a van for three years while training, boxing, and traveling. Decided to fight for Trinidad in the 2020 Olympics. And as I'm training for it, the pandemic happens. Now they're not allowing athletes into the Olympics uh, to compete. So that's my shout right there. Now, I could have quit at any part of this time, but here's something I realized that no one else does. No one gives a shit if you fail and no one cares if you quit. Like you're the only one who has to care. So when people are like, why, why, why how'd you keep going? I don't have a safety net. Like I don't have, I don't have any financial backing. I don't have real sponsors. I don't have a family to fall back on. If I don't have, if, if I lose everything, I've lost everything before it wasn't that much. So I can lose everything at any time because when I say I have a van to live in, if 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 things go sideways, I can live in a van and be happy. I did that for three it. years. I mean it. Because you've done
2: it, right? I've done it. You've done it. And, and Cam, that's, that's something I think about a lot with stuff and just hit on it very well. Do you think that the idea that, you know, you got to depend on yourself. You know that if all you lost it all, you've done it, you can do it. Do you think that's good? Or do you think, hey, it would be better if you would have had something to fall back on so it wasn't quite that bad? I mean, what's your what? Maybe I don't know if you've even it, given it it depends. a lot of It depends. Do I want to be great? Oh, okay. So keep going. Would you what do you? So, you, right. yes, let's say you do. Here's the thing. Uh,
0: if you don't have a safety net, you're less likely to fall. So, if you're walking from one one building to another on a tightrope, mm-hmm. and you know there's nothing there, you're going to be extra careful. You're going to be focus. extra, extra focused. You're going to be extra disciplined in every step you take. Now, if you know if you fall, there's a safety net or your parents might take care of you or you have a savings account or you have a degree, like then, then you'll settle. You'll settle. Because why? Because you have that safe, that comfort. And we're, we're creatures of comfort. We're creatures of habit. And if you can get addicted to being comfortable, Ooh, there's nothing worse than your greatness.
2: <laughs> you, you you God, God, I love you. You're, you're saying the exact, I, I didn't want to lead you any way because I feel the exact same way that that safety net, as you put it is, is, can be such a bad thing for your development and your growth. And as you said, you want to be great? Because I say all the time to anyone who will listen, I say it to Paul's classes all the time, beware of comfort. It Comfort has ruined more potentially great people than possibly anything else. That, uh, I'm also, I'm sa- I'm, com- I'm comfortable. Things are fine. Uh, and then next thing you know, you're spending four hours a night watching Netflix, and your drive is gone, and and you just don't have that. I'm going to be living in a van if I don't get my act together here, if I don't keep pushing and I don't keep going. And I love that about life. I love that about. And I'll tell you right now, I've fallen in the comfort trap a few times over the last x amount of years. And my daughter who's, who's older, she's 21 years old. She called me out a couple of years ago and she goes, Hey dad, cause I raised her in this environment of we're going to, we're, we're going to try to do some great things here. And I, she called me out a couple of years ago and said, Hey dad, I got to tell you something you've gotten too comfortable. And I was like, Oh man. And I love her for it. And within two months, I was starting a brand new business. I was doing some new things because I'm like, time to get time to take some risks again, time to grow, time, time to be as great as I hope I can be. Not as great as Cam and not as great as Paul. I'm not interested in that, right? I can only be as great as I can be. So I'm gonna keep going, but that comfort's a killer. And I just I love that you brought it up.
0: Matt, here's a question for you. What's the difference between a regular person and a person with great potential?
2: Uh, risk.
0: There's no difference if they don't use it.
2: If they don't use it, with uh, okay, no, yeah, with great potential. Potential is a horrible word, isn't it? In some ways, oh yeah, I see. Yep, yeah, I see what you're saying. Absolutely.
1: You know, for, from an educator standpoint, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate with the class I teach. You you've both been involved in it to some extent. I have kids in an atmosphere where I'm allowed. We almost can do whatever we want, but really to any teacher in any classroom, the biggest thing you could do for students is to show the value of relationships and to show the value that failure is not bad if you learn something for it, right? And keep moving on. I mean, regardless of any curriculum and regardless of state pressures and exam pressures, if you can build the importance of networking and just trying, trying, trying and not worrying about the result, right? Right. I I, th- I think you'd have much better students. I'm not saying administration would like you necessarily, <laughs> or, or the parents, uh, but you know that's really the end of the day. What we're looking for, right, out of someone that's that's looking to find meaning or looking for success in some way, shape, or form, any way it's defined.
0: Yeah, I, I've always heard people say, if you, okay, also, they, they say if you if you do what you love, you never work. I've always heard it, blah blah, blah cliche, stupid. Because on this journey, now I'm doing the Zemblies, I'm booking a bunch of gigs. Like, you don't know the. You want to talk about failing? I decided I wanted to get into the college market. And of course, I'm hard headed. Nothing will stop me. So I realized the activities directors of colleges is who I should probably reach out to. So I found, I went on LinkedIn, I found the the uh the activities director of my community college i'm not going to mention the name and i met a guy named steve johnson uh that's also not his name either but i have to change it for this story and (laughs) uh and i i found him on linkedin he and he has a it was linked to his facebook fan page click that he's a writer it was like 59 followers wasn't very impressed and who was sharing all of his posts of course it's his personal page so I click his personal page. Now I found his personal page. I see his wife is there. I click his wife's page. She has the same flowers in the background of every picture. I screenshot it. I then write him a handwritten note with my business card attached. I get those flowers and I deliver them to his office at 4 p.m. on a Friday. The note said, my name is Cam F. Awesome. I'm a boxer and and a speaker. I'm not the most experienced, but some people would see that as a roadblock. I see it as a speed bump. I'm gonna jump this hurdle. I'm like, and I I explain that I wanna get to school to start speaking, and I end it by saying, uh, thank you for your time. You can reach out to me, my business card's attached. P.S. The card, the, the flowers aren't from you, aren't for you, they're from you to your wife. Have a good weekend. And in the flowers was a card that said, "Honey, I love you because." And then he fills out all of the reasons why he loves his wife. Now, if that is not a story of how you book your first gig, I don't know what is. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you know what's amazing, Matt? He never booked me. No,
1: I was he waiting for the. Me.
0: I was waiting never, for the story. I was so upset. <laughs> now, at this point, Matt, this is this is not about the gig anymore. So what I did is I booked a gig for free at the closest high school near the community college. And I I asked to only speak to the seniors. So I spoke to about a thousand seniors. And at the end of the talk...
2: I can see uh, where this is going.
0: <laughs> at the end, I'm like, in hindsight now, I'm like, I, I don't regret it because it's a part of my journey. Uh, but at... <laughs> I went to the school and I, I gave them a talk about going to college and different colleges to pursue and career goals. Uh, and Matt, can you share the, can I, would I be able to share screens?
1: Yeah, you should be able to still. Uh,
0: oh no, remember we, we came out and got back in?
1: Oh, that's right, here. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, me, let me get this set up. To tweet a simple, I'm still disabled. There you
0: go. Okay. Uh, and this statement, simple. Oh, you shouldn't see his name. I should blank that out. But uh, if you book Cam F Awesome to speak at J- at the college, I'll consider attending, uh, attending uh, the community college. So I posted that and let's see if I can find it. Uh, hundreds of kids, Tweeted it and his, his, it's not coming up, but his social media, he had like 59 followers on Twitter. His social media completely blew up from all these kids, like tweeting him that they'll go to his community just so he can contact me. And he didn't, (laughs) but the guy recording one of the speeches, I gave the story and he said, is that guy a pastor? I said, yes, he is. He says, that's my pastor. So tell your pastor I'm looking for him. <laughs> but like, Grant, I've never booked that gig. And I have so many of these stories of me. I'm not going to say no for anyone. And I'm not going to let failing be the reason why I stopped. Like, there's right. just one more way not to do it out of the way.
2: Yeah, that's an amazing story. And, and uh, it's, I guess it's a failure story, but it's a good one. I'll tell you that. But but, I mean, what a, what a lesson in, in creativity. And, hey, at the end of the day, as you were kind of pointing out, look, you're, you're you. You're, you're the one who has to get up with yourself, who has to go to work with yourself, who has to go through whatever is going through your mind. It's just all of us individually, right? I mean, we're all part of communities. But you got to you gotta live with yourself, and, and, and you got to be the one going, Nothing's gonna stop me, and if 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 people see a, a or hear a story like that and see someone grinding and doing the things you're doing, I, I don't I don't know how the heck that doesn't inspire that inspire them. I I, do, I don't I, I'm sure that's part of the reason you're doing what you're doing. Yes,
0: but in hindsight, uh, I get so blinded in my because I get tunnel vision when I say I want to speak at a college. A few weeks later, I did book a college in Dallas and I drove down there to speak for $1,000 for the principle of me putting it on my resume. Richardson Community College, shout out to them. But like, it, the problem with this is I didn't see that because in my mind, all I'm thinking about is getting booked business. I didn't realize that I just bought flowers for another man's wife.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's... I, I And I... I I'm, I'm not regretful of it because years ago, I would do it again. My girl gets so upset. Back out, when I see a goal, nothing's going to stop me.
2: Well, isn't, isn't that a message? I know it is. I mean, that's a message that I, I like to share with, with – well, certainly with my daughter or, or anybody I care about is, hey, if you've got something you want to do – There's nobody's gonna get. I I don't want to hear excuses. I don't. You know what? There's one. I I forget where I read this, but it's it's apropos. It's you can have anything you want. You just can't have everything you want. And I think Cam, you probably got a a story, a career that that may feel like that. That might mean something too as well. The point of it is, of course, is hey, look, you want something, you can have it. But it's not going to come without sacrifice, right? So if if I want to be, you know, uh, uh, in the Olympics as a boxer, awesome, I can do that. I believe I can't do it, but you can do it. You 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 were going for it. But what you gave up on that journey, you had to give up. Like you couldn't be, you couldn't be that level of a boxer, and also, you know, I don't know whatever else. The, be- the best.
0: I'll, I'll give you an example.
2: Uh, every, every Thanksgiving I
0: fought in, I I got to spend in Paris, France. Not, not bad. Not bad at all. You know where they don't celebrate Thanksgiving? Paris, France. You just end up on, you just end up on Facebook looking at people eat dinner with their family. Uh, and you're just out there for three weeks. And this is before, like, I could afford the Wi-Fi. So, like, you're just in the hotel lobby with the crappy Wi-Fi looking at pictures of other people's foods. And then you're, like, vegan. You couldn't eat it anyway. There's no food really to eat. and But people see you are like, oh, man, you're so lucky. I would give up anything to go to France. Well, actually, my senior year of high school, my boxing gym was 6.3 miles away from my high school. Now, I, like, I walked. But walking wasn't the big deal for me. The big deal was knowing everyone was laughing at the weird kid because this was in uh, this was in Florida. So at, in Florida at about 2.15 every day, it rains hard for like 30 minutes and then it just stops. But during that walk every day was a, was my six mile walk to the gym. When I got to the gym, a coach would drop me home so I didn't have to walk home. It wasn't that bad of a story. But right. if I didn't walk six miles five right. days a week, and in my mind, it, it, we had to run once we got there before you worked out. So it would I leave school at three and then get there by about 5 45 you got 15 minutes to like kind of just lay out before you have to work out like that is the type of mentality that I built from boxing so now when when a top doesn't go well like that's Big, not a failure to me
2: right a- a- absolutely that that's that's amazing but Great. Right. I mean, they look if, stupid if, while they do it. If, if you, if you want it, you, if you want it, you gotta go, you gotta go get it and there's going to be obstacles and, you know, six mile walks five days a week. That's quite an obstacle. You know, I, I've, I never had anything remotely like that um, as a, as a physical obstacle. Um, but that, I think those stories, as you said before, they resonate especially with younger people they're important and they let them know that that the the victories come at a price and everyone's got a story that um, of that has a lot of failure in it if they're going to be a success that's that's my take anyway
0: yeah. I think yeah that's a good way to put it everyone's story should have everyone's story to be successful has a certain amount of failures in it and if you don't get through those failures, you just won't become successful. And you don't Actually, have to. You don't have to go through the failures. Like you can, you can live comfortably doing whatever it is you do now. And I know people who work their nine to five. They're happy with their paycheck. They're not trying for a promotion. They're not doing. They're not doing any reading. They're not working out. Yeah, and those, I, I, I it's hard to relate to those
2: people. I, I, I agree. And like you said, that those. Those, if you're going to get, my brother, my younger brother says this all the time. It's like, and it always hits home for me. It's like, you if you're going to succeed, you're going to have to walk those six miles or get up at 5 a.m. or work, work nights or work weekends or make whatever sacrifices to succeed. And then he'll say, or don't, and that's okay too, but you just don't get that. You just don't get the reward. And if you think you do, well, the world's not gonna let you d- it's it doesn't the world doesn't work that way. Not in my experience, anyway. Yeah. yeah, and
1: people think they deserve it. Yeah, I mean when it comes to success, based on listening to what you two are saying, the process is the process, and you have to be consistent. You can't measure every win and loss, right? But the wins are gonna be more than the losses at the end of the day. And your oh, process
0: No, no. The losses are going to be more than the wins. And just like I said, you're going to be a loser more times than you're not. I don't mean you're you're a loser itself, but you're just going to hit walls, hit walls, hit walls. Get success, cool. Have a little celebration about your success. Hit walls, hit walls, walls, hit walls. You're going to hit more. You're going to hit more walls than celebrations.
1: Well, let me let me let me rephrase it this way. Then, the wins when they happen will be great enough to drown out your losses. Yes. Okay. I mean, so that's a better, that's kind of what I meant. So you called me on it. Uh, I like that. That stuff compounds and compounds and compounds and builds, but those losses are as big a part of the compounding as anything else. (laughs) I think, (laughs) Paul, we lost you. (laughs) I'm I'm done talking. Every time (laughs) I talk. They they are as
2: big a part of that journey because, It is a journey and and those, and I know it's cliche and, 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 but it's, it's entirely true. That journey is, is it's, it's a huge, it's I think it's the most valuable part of the whole thing. I mean, what, you know, someday I'm going to be 70 years old or 80 years old, God willing, or whatever it is. And I'm going to, what I'm going to have is whatever success I happen to have is all going to be well and good. But those memories and those, you know, I'm going to remember sitting in my apartment 58 degrees on my thermostat my hoodie on and my blankets wrapped up so i could save a few bucks so i could invest in things a lot more than i'm gonna remember you know the vacation you took exactly exactly Exactly. those i've got
0: 39 losses man
2: 39
0: i can tell you all of them i've met people that said you don't remember me cam we fought twice
2: because i beat them okay (laughs) yeah you don't remember your wins the, i was gonna say i'm the same way my wife always says to me why don't you ever celebrate whatever goal we sat or i sat and we you know we accomplished and my wife and I are partners so i say we because it is we and and we accomplish and she's always like why don't you ever want to celebrate because i'm like you it's like i'm supposed to win i'm supposed yeah. to get i'm supposed yeah. to get my goal right yeah. and 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 then i move on but when i don't Oh man, I can't sleep. I I'm a, I'm ai am I got to keep going, man. I got to keep oh. grinding.
0: Matt, I cry every time I lose. Not because I'm physically hurt. It's because I'm confused. I was so sure I was going to win and I don't know what to do now. That's how I approach it because I if if I did everything, if I did all the walking to the gym and all that, well, obviously, I so when I don't win, so when I win, I don't even celebrate. It was like, it's a. Here's what I think. After I do all the work, there's three people in the ring, right? Me, you, and Paul. Paul's a referee. Two people in this ring can't win, Matt. It's going to be you and Paul. Right, right. In, in my head, like, right.
2: In your head. There's three and, people here. Two can't win. You guys could be those guys. And and I, I think in this case, you're right, too. But, but. The, <laughs> The, 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 thing, the thing about that world you live in, that boxing world and the sports world in general, which is different from a business world, is you're in a zero-sum game, right? In that ring, there's only going to be one winner, right? And if, if, if you and I are competing, there's only going to be one of us who, who wins and gets his hand held, and the other guy's just he, he lost. The beautiful thing, one of the things I love about the business world, and, and I'm sure, it, of course, it, it, it's in other areas as well, the three of us can be in the ring, and we can, and in business ring or the, the the educational ring or whatever we, we, other, other analogy we want to make, and that's From boxing the,
0: rings to boardrooms. Yeah, yeah. One of my
2: talks. And, and I, 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 that's one of the things I do like about business. Is one of the things that I always go in is how am I going to win with my partners, my, my vendors, my, certainly my customers, my employees, anybody I'm working with, I need to make sure they win because, Hey, I can win all day long, but if my employees are losing, they're not going to be sticking around long and then I'm not going to win so much. If my customers are losing, I'm out of business. If my vendors are losing, they're dropping me. And then I'm looking for, so it's always, it's, it's always, how can we all win together? And if how? I don't do that, and how? We, and if I how? don't,
0: we're screwed. How and how leads to self honest self-assessments. Because I'm listening to you talk right now about your team and, and this and that. And I'm remembering, I'm not the great leader I thought I was. So I was captain of the USA national boxing team. That was cool because I just told guys when to show up to the gym. But as 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 the owner of my company, all those books I just showed you earlier; those are all leadership books because I realize I'm not a strong leader and I need to work on my leadership skills. Because I expect I expect out of people what I give, and this is my business. I shouldn't expect that, so I need to learn how to communicate better with people. That book on rethinking Paul—that's why I'm reading this book. So I—I I, first of all, I changed my last name to Awesome because it's it's not a it's not a metaphor; it's not for anything. I, it's literal. I think I'm awesome. With that said, I understand there's room for improvement, and I'm always trying to grow as a person. So I can continue to become great.
2: And that mindset of, I want to be great. And I'm sure there's some people who, who poo-poo that and and find it narcissistic or, or whatever. I, I And I don't agree with that at all because I think, again, being great in, in what you're doing, Cam or Paul, what you do or what anyone does, that's not a zero-sum game. If, if Cam is, Cam F Awesome is great, that takes away nothing. In fact, it gives. It gives so much, especially in, in the world you're in or, or, or
1: I would say any of
2: us are in. And, and that, so that, you know, whatever. And I don't know if you take criticism for that or, or did or, or anything like that. It, well, I don't think you can do anything today without taking criticism.
0: I, I changed my <laughs> last name to Awesome. How do you think that went over? And my mom fouled out on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> ask for ask forgiveness never permission
1: <laughs> that was your first critic huh she still calls me by what i
0: i refer to what she named me as my slave name to her not <laughs> what i named you i was like yeah but but you need to call me by my name and she's like no i'm gonna call you what i named you she calls me cameron and I'm like, I hated unisex names growing up because I was insecure. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I I just cam is so much easier than camera, but but
2: well, I'm that's one fight I've never won. Parents have a way of getting to us, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: That, that was a fight I've never won. She's undefeated against me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's, that's never good. watched a boxing match. Really? Oh she, no way. She, she said the only person who should hit me is her. <laughs> <laughs> she can't
1: watch anyone else hit me. <laughs> well,
2: I, yeah, I could see that.
1: The, the way you're talking, I'm guessing you would lose that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, Cam, Cam, this was great tonight. Uh, b- before we leave, uh, and one sentence. What, what would you tell a high school student today, a senior? Uh, if you can
0: fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable.
1: Fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable.
0: I like it. I think that's I like a great it, way to
1: end it, Cam. Awesome. Man. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank Loved you. Loved
2: it, man. We Thank appreciate you. It.
1: We're going to have you on in a year from now, and we're going to hear about your business. And uh, I'll put it on our website, too, how people can get in touch with you as well. All right, Paul. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you, Paul. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I was waiting. I'm like, <laughs> uh, hey, this is great. All right, thank you guys. You guys have a good night. You too. All right, man. Take care. Thank you.